Welcome in, everybody. It's what we do every Friday here on 710 ESPN Seattle. It's time to get in the cage. It's brought to you by the Emerald Queen Casino. Big card coming up on June 25th. You can catch it on ESPN, too, and it'll be headlined by this woman who is on the Issaquah Pest Control Hotline with us. She is a bad, bad woman. Undefeated Kayla Harrison is with us. Kayla, how are you? I'm good. Thanks for having me. It's good to talk to you. You're one of the, you're actually one of the few fighters I've never had a chance to speak with, but I've been wanting to speak with you because I think I I love your game. I love what's happening with your career. You're nine and zero. You, you got you got a big fight coming up. But I, I'm just curious, just to just to step back a little bit, what this journey's been like for you? Because you know you you have not been in the sport that long. You're you're an Olympic gold medalist in judo, and that's been your discipline. And then you get into MMA in 2019. So it's been a pretty fast rise uh what, what's it yeah. been like what's what's this whole ride been like for you oh I mean it's been a blast you know it's um I mean I always thought that judo was my true calling and my first love and my passion and all of this and it was you know it, it'll always hold a special place in my heart it'll always be my first love but um I like to equate it to like if if judo was my first love then MMA was like is the love of my life. Like, it's just such a amazing, I don't know. To, have you ever been locked inside of a cage? I have. With someone else, with someone else across from you and like <laughs> trying to, you know, like, it's just like, it's such an awesome experience and it's a human chess match. Um, so it's been an amazing journey and I'm just trying to enjoy every second of it. Well, what, what's the learning curve been like for you? Because, again, you're you're a tremendous grappler. You're incredibly strong. Obviously, judo is, is your strength. But what I've seen from a lot of people that are the, either college wrestlers or they're, they're submission specialists is the stand-up game. Uh-huh, uh-huh. The stand-up game is where, where they really struggle or where the, where the learning curve truly is. How do you, how do you feel about sure. your stand-up game, where it is now versus where it was when you started? For sure. I think that, obviously, I picked up you know, because of my judo background, I picked up the grappling skills a lot, you know, the jujitsu, the wrestling, all that stuff a lot faster. Um, But I've been working really hard on my striking. And I think that it was funny because I just went back and watched some old footage of me sparring, um, like right when I first moved to ATT and then rewatched the sparring that I had from today, because I was so upset at myself from my sparring session today. And my coaches were like, listen, like, just go back and watch, like, some of the initial footage and watch now. And please shut up and stop complaining. You're doing great. <laughs> like, <laughs> um, but it's definitely, it's something, you know, when you have a kick flying at your head, that'll, um, that'll make you feel alive. So it's, it's definitely my learning curve, but I really enjoy every, you know, l- learning it every single day. It's how how tough part of the how t- you know, it's interesting. As I said, I've talked to a ton of people that, that came up through the ranks and they were grapplers, they were wrestlers, they were, they were you know, black belts in jujitsu, all of that. But the idea of somebody throwing punches or kicks at their face was something for them to overcome. It's not, I'm scared. It's more the unknown. You're just not used to that. What, what was that like for you having, you know, getting punched in the face, kicked in the, or just understanding what, what that was like? Well, I had just, like, I had sort of dipped my toe into the MMA world, and I had, like, started doing striking classes after the Olympics just to stay in shape and see how I felt about it. And then my, my coach at the time talked me into coming to sparring about a month after I started, and I was like, all right, whatever, let's do it. And I'm pretty sure that first punch that hit me in the face, I was like, no, no, I've got to do MMA. Like, this is it. <laughs> it was like, 
Catholic? No, there's probably something wrong with me. I'm <laughs> sure that people will say there's something wrong with me, but um, yeah, it, it is an intense, a little, it can be terrifying, you know, for sure. But my favorite piece of, of all of that is, you know, overcoming fears and overcoming obstacles and um, finding a way to hit and not get hit and get to my game plan successfully. So, yeah. Well, it, it, as far as your game plan, it, you know, it, watching you in your last fight, I mean, it lasted a minute, 23 seconds. And the majority of your fights have not. You've had you, your fight in December where you won the, won the belt. That went five rounds. But yeah, I did. Every, everything else, you're, you're getting this done pretty quickly. And I, I'm just curious in terms of, and this is not to disrespect your opponents, but it just feels like when you step in there, there's, there is a massive advantage for you in terms of your strength. In terms of your, it feels like it's it's almost an adult playing with a kid in there at times, watching you throw them around. Uh, is that is that how it feels in there to you? I mean, I know you're training for the best version of everybody, but when you get in there and you feel their strength or maybe lack thereof, do you have that sense of okay, I can I can ragdoll this person? I mean, the craziest thing about a fight is like you never know how someone's gonna like you never really know what's gonna happen, you know and everyone has a puncher's chance, a kicker's chance, a arm bar's chance. Like it's a very intense, crazy sport where if you make one mistake, you know, that's it. Match over, fight over. So, um, no, I definitely don't get in there and I'm like, Oh, I'm going to kill this girl or, Oh, this is, you know, (laughs) definitely not. Um, but I would also say that I do go in confident just because, you know, I prepare and I, I take that preparation very seriously. I take the, the goal that I have in mind very seriously. And um, I know for a fact that no one works harder than me. You know, I, I know that I'm the first one in the gym. I'm the last one to leave. The lights are off. You know, it's, it's kind of just been a mentality that I've had since I was a kid um, chasing that Olympic dream. So it's something that has rolled over into MMA and has served me very well. How did you deal with the pandemic in terms of your development, in terms of your training? I know you had one fight you were allowed to do, to go and uh, fight in Invicta, and that ended in the second round. But in, in, I think you fought that at 45, correct? I did, I did yeah. Okay. So, what I mean, was that enough to where you felt like, okay, I'm, I'm still continuing my progression. I'm training for an opponent, and I'm getting in there, and yeah. I'm competing? Or would, was it a setback when you look back at that year? It was definitely a frustrating time. Um you know, the the worst thing you can say to a type A person is that, you know, they're going to be sidelined for a year due to no fault of their own. I mean, no no one's fault at all, really. It's something none of us could have control. But it's not like I had an injury. It's not like, I, you know, there was absolutely nothing wrong with me. Um, so that was really tough for me to kind of come to grips with. But the way I stayed sane was just continuing to go to the gym and continuing to get better, you know. Um, I think it was probably a blessing in one way, because first of all, I, I became the guardian of my niece and nephew. So um, I became a single mom of two overnight. Mm-hmm. And that kind of threw a, a wrench into the plan. Not a, I mean, a, it ended up throwing a blessing into my life, of course. But um, it's definitely, I had to readjust and change my schedule and figure out a new way of life, sort of. Um, and if I was doing that while I was in the middle of a season, you know, fighting four times, I think it, I would, you know, I can handle a lot, but I don't know if I could have handled that. Um, and the second way that it was a blessing is just I was really able to focus on have a game. I didn't have to game plan. I didn't have to 
study. I didn't have to prepare for a righty or a lefty or a kickboxer or a, you know, jujitsu specialist. I, I was just focusing on what, where do I need to get better? How can I tighten my game? How can I take my game to the next level every single day? And I think I did that during that year off. You know, I think I really um, made huge improvements. Now, will anyone ever get to see them? Because I'm, you know, going to go out there and instill my will and do my game plan, execute my game plan to the best of my ability every time. I don't know. But I feel like my striking has gotten a ton better. My head movement, my, you know, range control, my just patience, all, so many things got so much better. So, um yeah, just found a way to turn the lemons into lemonade, I guess. How how was that weight cut for you to 45? Um, you know, I definitely, I didn't love it, but, <laughs> but uh, <laughs> you know, I got my, I got my walking around weight to down to about 155. I normally sit at about 165 pounds. So I, um, got my walking away, walking around weight down to about 155 to 153, um, just through diet and and being pretty, pretty strict. And then I just did the last seven pounds or six pounds with of water weight. But yeah, you know when you've got two kids running through the house eating, you know they they eat, I mean they eat really healthy too. But you know eating cookies for dessert, and I'm just looking at them like, oh my goodness. <laughs> I can imagine. I can imagine. And, and the and the reason I ask is is because, and I'm sure you've probably talked about this a number of times. You you fight at 55, which you know in in, in the women's division, there just aren't that many women in that in that weight range. And even 45 is problematic. You know, we've seen Cyborg and and her issues with finding opponents and everything. So is that something you've had to consider? Like, if, if I want to continue, I, I may have to cut down to 45 or I may, or, or how, how do you sort of envision the future in terms of which division you truly fit in? Yeah. I mean, I think that everyone knows that I'm probably really a true 45er in terms of what everyone, I mean, I, I go back and forth on it because on one hand, I don't believe in cutting weight. I think it sends the wrong message to kids growing up, especially young girls, body image issues, all of this stuff going on in the world. I think, um, I was taught that if you're going to win, you're going to win at whatever you weigh and you'll find a way. It doesn't matter. You know, you're better off to be healthy, be strong, be safe than to be tearing down your body and, and putting it through the mill. Um, I think it's super unhealthy. Like you're dehydrating your body of all this water and then you're stepping into a cage with four ounce gloves and getting hit in the head. But what protects your head is water. So I, I, I just don't believe in it. But I also know that I'm a professional. I think I can do it in a, a safe way. It's not like I'm 185 pounds, you know, having to cut down to 145. I walk out, walk around at about 165, and that's me eating, you know, whatever I want. I'm not I'm not strict in my diet, really. Mm-hmm. Um, so I know that I would have to be disciplined. I know that I would have to, to make some lifestyle changes in the sense that, you know, I'm not going to get to eat the cookies with the kids, and that's going <laughs> to suck. But uh, some things are worth it, you know? And so, yeah, I mean, I, I know that 45 is probably in my very near future. I'm just, I'm going to do it kicking and screaming, you know, I'm yeah. going <laughs> to, I'm going to, <laughs> well, and plus you got a, you got a million bucks on the line at 55 right now. So there's, there's incentive yeah. to keep that going. <laughs> hey, For it, sure. I got to stay strong at 55. I got to stay healthy up there and um, you know, I'm really proud of that, to be honest. I'm proud of the fact that I helped create a weight class for women um, and with the PFL. I think that 
you know, everyone talks about, oh, there's no, there's no depth, there's no this, there's no that, there's no girls. And I mean, I would agree. I get that. But there was also no women's MMA really a couple years ago. So if you build it, they will come. You just have to keep building brick by brick by brick. You know, it's something that's going to take time. You know, Rome wasn't built in a day. MMA has only been a legal sport for whatever, 25 years or something. It's, so it's still an it's, it's infancy. It's still a baby compared to most major sports in the world. And women's is even further behind that. And it's already growing. It's the fastest growing sport in the world for women. It's growing exponentially. So I think that you just got to give it time. And um, there are going to be so many great, you know, for instance, Clarissa Shields. She's coming to, to the PFL. She's mm-hmm. going to fight at 155 pounds. She's already stated many times she cannot make 145 pounds. So, you know, if you didn't have 155 pound weight class or these bigger weight classes, you would miss out on you know, someone who's a fantastic athlete, like probably, you know, one of one for, uh, of this generation, you know, something that you're not going to see again for a long, long time, someone like Clarissa. So I don't know. I'm proud of it, but I understand that I also have to be smart, make, make business moves, make money moves. So we'll see. Hey, as far as uh, I'm curious how you felt. And, and I remember watching your fight against Pacheco where you, where you won the title, that, that did go the distance, went five rounds. And I remember people talking about that before the fight. And, and the conversation is about, I mean, your build, you're, you're very muscled. And, and a lot of times we see fighters, male or female, that are very muscled. They gas out quickly. It takes a lot of oxygen mm-hmm. to feed those muscles. Did you, was that, did that sort of answer maybe questions you had? Like, all right, what is my cardio going to be like if I've got to go five hard rounds? Did you have questions or do you, is your cardio something you don't really consider? I mean, I try to train so hard that I don't have to question it. But, of course, those little doubts and fears creep in. You know, it's just it's a natural part of the process, um, especially, like you said, being extremely muscular. And, listen, I come from a sport where you compete for five minutes and then you get a break for an hour. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's like, all right, I'm going 25 minutes back to back. This isn't a sprint. This is a marathon. Um, but. I felt great. You know, I felt like I could have done another couple of rounds. I was, I was in peak condition. Um, and now I know for sure that my cardio is something that I'm not going to have to worry about. And it's just good to know so early in my career, you know, some people don't even ever get to have a five round fight. And I, I did, and I know my cardio can hold up and I got five rounds more of experience, you know, of being in the cage, feeling that feeling, having that pressure, having to overcome adversity, um, sticking to the game plan. So, you know, I was, at first I was super upset that I didn't get a finish and I wasn't super flashy. And then I realized like this, this experience is, is going to be priceless down the road in my career. Yeah. It absolutely answered questions for you and, 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 you know, analysts or critics, what, what have you. So I think that's a huge step. I think you're absolutely right. Hey, before I ask you about the fight you've got coming up on the 25th, just in terms of when you, when you enter the sport, you, you, again, you come from a judo background, you're an Olympic gold medalist, you enter it later in your career compared to some. Mm-hmm. Who, who were you watching? Did you have an influence? Were you watching Ronda? Were you watching Misha Tate mm-hmm. and everybody that sort of the, were the ground, Liz Carmouche, the people that really were the pioneers? Mm-hmm. Or, or are you more in the Amanda Nunez and people that came afterwards? Or who, who were you inspired by? Um, no, of course I watched Ronda. You know, I used to train with her, so... I mean, we used to have judo judo parties where we would all get together and watch her fight. Um, and I've always had a little bit of a Ronda complex, if I'm being honest. Like, it's always been, you know, when I moved to Pedro's to train there, you know, she was the big star. And 
I wanted to be the big star. I was the little fish in the big pond, but I wanted to be the big fish. So (laughs) I trained and trained and trained and I took my licks and, um, you know, she beat me up for a couple of years and then I did become a big fish. Literally, I became bigger than her. So that helped. (laughs) Um, (laughs) But um, I've always had a kind of, oh, man, if anything she can do, I can do better. Um, Just, I don't know. She's she was my rabbit. And then you know, now I moved to ATT and I feel like I'm very blessed and fortunate that now I have another rabbit in Amanda. Like she's the greatest of all time. So it's, yeah, I mean, I've definitely been inspired by all these women who led the way, but you know, the goal is not to be inspired by them. The goal is to surpass them and and build on their legacy. Do you have a dream matchup regardless of the promotion, whether it's Bellator, PFL, UFC? Would you love to match up against Cyborg? Would you love to fight Nunez? Is there is there one you look at and say, I could beat that girl. I don't care what anybody says. Well, I think that about all of them. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> that's, um, I, I just, I, uh, that's, I'm not trying to sound cocky there. I, I, that probably came off really cocky. I just mean that <laughs> um, with proper preparation and, you know, planning and, um, the skill set that I have, I do think that I am a problem for a lot of people. Um, and I believe in myself. I believe that I train hard and um, I've taken my time. I've done everything right. I- I've not skipped any steps. I didn't become an overnight sensation. I didn't blow up. I didn't stop doing the things that made me great. And I think that I'm going to be successful. And I think someday um, those girls are going to be begging for fights with me, you know? Yeah. And one more before I ask you about your upcoming fight. Dana White had a comment, and I'm, again, I'm sure you were asked about this, but he was asked about you, and I think he said something. I'm paraphrasing because I don't remember exactly what he said, but basically you weren't ready. You're not ready for that level of fighter or, or the girls that fight in the, the UFC. What, when you hear that, what, is that just a guy who doesn't have a star under his promotional wing, so he's going to downgrade that fighter, or do you think he truly believes? What was your react when you heard that? What were you thinking? Um, I mean, I just laugh. I think that Dana's a really smart businessman, you know. I think he knows what he's doing. He doesn't uh, – he's been around the sport much longer than I have. He's built an empire, and um, I think he's a really smart guy. But he got that one wrong, you know. I think um, <laughs> I think if he's ready to pay me a lot of money, I'm ready to make him a lot of money, and we'll see if I'm ready. There's only – you know, that's pretty easy to find out. <laughs> yeah, well, and and before any of that happens, you got a fight coming up on the twenty fifth. Again, it'll be on ESPN two. PFL back in action and headlined by you. Uh, tell me about your opponent. I, I'll I'll be honest. I'm a I'm an MMA geek. I'm not familiar with her. Uh, Cindy. I'm not yeah. even sure how you say her last name. Cindy Dandois. Dandois. Okay. Uh, what 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 is her strength? Tell me about her game or what you see uh, when you watch her. She's actually, a judo, she's actually a judoka as well. She's a She's a grappler. Um, she, I think she was on the national team for Belgium um, for judo back in the day. Um, and to be honest with you, this is the one fight that I really didn't want. Not not because she's a judo player or anything like, you know, I'm worried. I just, I recently read some stuff about her in an interview and she's got, been through a lot of, she's had a long uphill road and, um, I just was like, man, I also heard this is her last, her last hurrah. Like she's going to retire after this season. And I was like, I do not want to be the nail in this coffin, but, um, they don't listen to me. So no one, listens to me. <laughs> um, <laughs> I also, I wanted to fight someone who was coming off of a win and Cindy lost, um, to Caitlin Young, but 
that being said, business is business. I'm going to go out and do what I do. I think she's, you know, a veteran of the sport. She's been around for a long time. She's got a, she's got a great record. You know, she's got a winning record. So um, I'm looking forward to getting in there and um, just continuing to show showcase my skills. Yeah, and you, unfortunately, you can't step into that cage with any sympathy because then she could turn it around on you. And as you talked about, it's a punch away, a kick away, a submission away from a different different ending. So. so I said something to my manager about it, like I really don't want to fight her, um, just because you know I read she had six kids and that her mom just died of cancer, and I was like, dang, like this is, Jeez. you know, no, like let's <laughs> give her a chance, you know, like let her fight somebody else. And he said, you're in the wrong business. And he was like, cut it out. <laughs> and I was like, okay, you're right, Jesus. <laughs> well, Kayla, I would say this, an act of mercy on your part would be to make it really quick, <laughs> which is what <Okay>. you do. <laughs> okay, sounds good to me. <laughs> yeah. Kayla Harrison has been our guest. You can check her out in action on June 25th. It'll be on ESPN2. The PFL uh, gets back to business. She's headlining the card and uh, can't wait to see that. Kayla, a real pleasure to speak with you. As I said, I've been watching you come up through the ranks. It's been a lot of fun, and I wish you nothing but the best in this one and hope to get a chance to talk to you again down the road. Yes, anytime. This is a great interview. Thank you so much for having me. Um, I really appreciate all the support, and we'll definitely talk again soon.